Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? Welcome back to another episode, everybody. I am Kyle Haywood, and I will be flying solo tonight. Can't wait to talk all things WNBA playoffs with all of you. Um, it has been an absolute ride so far, and it's only going to be getting better. Um, before I hop into the episode, we're going to be, you know, obviously talking about the the four series that we just experienced uh, out of the first round, as well as taking a look ahead at the upcoming semifinal series. But before we do, I just want to invite each and every one of you to pause really quickly, hit that five star review on Apple I or excuse me, yeah, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you happen to be listening, hit subscribe, go ahead and and uh, hit us with a, a review if you would, as well as. I want to invite all of you to head over to WNBANation.com. Make sure that you're checking things out there. And check out our merch that we have going on there. Several of you have been sending back pictures um, of you with merch. And, and we're getting some really positive feedback that right now, um, you know, the, the, the quality of the merch has improved ever since we made the switch to this new website. That makes us very happy uh, to see each of you happy and that we feel like your dollars are being more well spent. That's part of why we made the switch to uh, to the using the system and the site and the suppliers that we do now. So thank you for that feedback. That's been really helpful for us. We appreciate that. If you're looking to connect with us, probably the best way would be on Twitter at WNBNationPod, or you can also uh, contact us any way that you'd like through that website, WNBNation.com. You can get in contact with any of our other socials there as well. Well, I'm going to cut right to the chase, everybody, and uh, we're just going to hop right in and talk about some of these, um, some of the series that we just witnessed at the start of this uh, WNBA playoffs. Let's talk about the one and eight seed right out the gate, Las Vegas Aces and the Phoenix Mercury. I think everybody kind of predicted how this series was going to go, and it really just pretty much went that way. Um, the Mercury have had an absolute nightmare of a season. After many people, you know, touted them as a as a potential favorite to win it all, you know, that it seemed like they had all these pieces together. And then obviously everything with Brittany Griner's situation, we had a Tina Charles contract divorce. We had a Diana Taurasi injury. And finally, Skylar Diggins Smith steps away, uh, you know, basically just kind of takes some personal reasons to, to not be there. Um, And, you know, obviously Shea Petty, with the injury at the end, like just, it was just, I don't know if it could have gone worse for the Phoenix Mercury this season. Just, just really, really rough. Um, you know, a couple bright spots here and there, you know, Sophie Cunningham stepping up in a, in a increased role there. But other than that, it was a pretty rough season for the Phoenix Mercury. And uh, it's pretty much uh, what this series indicated here. Las Vegas pretty much took care of business. Uh, first game, game one, Las Vegas comes away with a 79-63 to victory. 
And then finishing things out in game two, the Aces came away with a 117-80 to 80 victory. So nearly 40 points there in game two. Um, just, just really hardly uh, any competition for the Aces as they went through this series pretty much unscathed. And Phoenix was sent home to basically lick their wounds and hopefully come back um, a little bit uh, different next season. Let's talk about the series that I think caught a lot of us by surprise, and that was the Chicago Sky New York Liberty series. Um, how these series are set up, for those of you who maybe aren't following uh, as closely right now and, and you're curious, basically the home advantage comes in game one and two, and then game three is actually going to be played at the lower seed's uh, home court. So if the lower seed excuse me, if the lower seed can steal a game at the higher seed's venue, they have a major advantage in that third game with the home court, uh, you know, advantage they're trying to advance into the semifinals. That definitely came into play here because right out the gate, first game, New York comes out and beats Chicago 98-91. to And uh, it was... It was honestly a super impressive game by the Liberty. They did a really, really, really solid job um, across the board. Um, the The starters for the Liberty uh, all came out and, and played super well. Um, you know, you saw Natasha Howard with 22. Yunescu had 22. Uh, Bitnaja Laney with 17. Um, you know, uh, Johannes actually came off the bench and put in 27 minutes and it ended up being a plus three in the plus minus. So, so really good, good performance across the board for the New York Liberty. Um, not that Chicago necessarily played bad. And I think that's what, what really caught a lot of people's attention was that Chicago didn't necessarily play like a really poor game. It wasn't like a, a really, uh, bad performance from the sky. It really was that New York came out and just, just kind of showed up and and ended up playing like the team that a lot of people were thinking they would play. Uh, you know the the type of basketball that a lot of people were hoping they would play earlier on in the season. And we did see, if you go back, you know it, it's it's kind of a it's interesting because I, I feel like as sports fans sometimes we we get kind of tunnel vision. We tend to look closely in just at what has happened recently and we we forget some of the history if you go back to toward the beginning of the season the the liberty had some pretty decent games and they were showing some real signs that they were uh you know maybe turning a corner i guess you could say as a team um and then they would go through stretches where it just looked really really bad and uh, you know, dropping way down toward right at the bottom of the standings, you know, down hanging out with uh, Indiana in the bottom of the standings. But we all knew that that potential was in them. Um, and if you go back and listen to the episode where Steve and Logan are talking about their playoff previews, um, you know, and different things, they call this out. And I was actually watching the Twitch stream as they were talking about this series. And, and I even remember chiming in as well and saying, I think this could be a... a a lot closer series than people are going to give it credit. And so I want to give credit where credit's due to both Steve and Logan for calling that out uh, and, you know, mentioning that this really could be kind of a, a, a trap 
you know, not a trap game, but a trap series for the Chicago Sky. Now, obviously, as all of you, well, most of you, hopefully you're aware by this point, um, Chicago did end up coming back, and game two was an absolute drubbing. The the Sky ended up beating the Liberty by 38, uh, WNBA playoff record, 38 points to force a game three, which again, as I mentioned earlier, it was going to be played in New York. So even though New York just lost by 38, they get to go home and have a chance to play at home for a winner-take-all game against the defending champions, Chicago Sky. Um, as that game... Uh, as that game played out, that was an interesting game to watch as well because there were periods where the Liberty uh, ended up, you know, cutting things close. They Chicago popped out to a lead kind of toward the end of the first quarter and then held on to a pretty solid lead all the way throughout until we get just to the last little bit of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, we started to see the Liberty take uh, just a big, big run. And, uh, you know, but Nigelani had some nice shots. Uh, I think, uh, Ionescu had, um, like, a. let's see. Uh, it was like, a. oh, she, she had an and one and then basically stole the outlet pass from her missed free throw and then went in and, and scored again. So she had a quick four points just right like that. Um, and they ended up cutting it to, I believe, three points. I think it was like 68 to, I can't remember. It was like right in the 60s. 68, 65, I want to say, maybe 67, 60. I can't remember. But it was a three-point game right there at the start of the fourth quarter, and it seemed like New York was building all this momentum. But Chicago eventually kind of ran away with it. Uh, pretty soon after cutting it to that three-point lead, I believe Chicago answered right back with a big run of their own and extended the lead out to you know double digits. And I think they were even pushing twenty point uh, a twenty-point lead at some point uh, about halfway through the fourth quarter, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, ended up being a really solid game three uh, for the Chicago Sky, and I think allows Chicago to have a pretty decent amount of momentum moving forward. Uh, as they head into uh, a pretty tough upcoming series, if we're being honest. So there's the sh- the the two seven matchup. Um, let's talk Connecticut and Dallas again. This was a series that a lot of people had Connecticut, you know, not having any issues with. And um, man, that was that was not the case. Well, Connecticut came out, took care of business. Game one, ninety three to sixty eight. Victory, really solid performance by uh, by the Sun. However, the game two, Dallas came out, and if you look at the final score of this game, um, you're gonna look and say like, "Oh, it was only a ten point victory." It doesn't seem that impressive. That's until you realize that in the fourth quarter alone, Connecticut outscored Dallas by nearly twenty points. So if you take what the deficit was at the end of the third quarter, it was it was near 30 points at the end of the third quarter with the whole quarter to play. Now, Connecticut did make a pretty decent run. They started to extend or, or started to try and, you know, make it a game towards the end, but a 30-point deficit is pretty much impossible to overcome in one quarter. Uh, Connecticut did their best, but 
but Dallas had just gone so far above where, uh, you know, where, where they were just out of reach. It, it wasn't going to happen. Um, Kayla Thornton had an excellent game. Uh, I believe she had 20 points. Uh, John Quell also chipped in 24. The Connecticut Sun, um, but a really, really solid performance by the Dallas Wings. Um, this is a, a discussion that I think we're going to have sometime this offseason. So I want to, like, bookmark this and maybe pin this uh, you know, maybe I'm talking a little bit more to my co-hosts here than anything as they listen to this later. But I, I would love to go through and statistically look at the Dallas Wings with Arike and the Dallas Wings without Arike. Because, you know, uh, an all-star game MVP caliber player in Arike Ogunbowale, it seems like, uh, and a lot of people were talking about that this season, that it seems like Dallas plays better when she isn't on the court. And this is something that Jason, especially who is a you know lives in the Dallas area, um, he's kind of mentioned this over the last couple of seasons. And um, yeah, it's it would be interesting to to check that out and see what that would look like. Um, and you know, I think it reminds a lot of people of the. Patrick Ewing effect or theory. I can't remember exactly how that goes, but basically Patrick Ewing, you know, Hall of Famer, but the Knicks seemed to play better when he wasn't playing with them. So kind of an interesting conundrum there. It would be it will be interesting to go through maybe the statistics of that and maybe break that down. Maybe that's an offseason project that we can pick up. But um, so Dallas, yeah, has to force a game three which causes Connecticut to have to then travel out to Dallas to play that game three um, in front of a hostile crowd. This game three ended up being um, a pretty solid victory. It was it was pretty close for much of the game, but starting in the third quarter, partway through the third quarter is when Connecticut really started to extend out and um, and make a difference here. But I watched this game... Loved it. The first half was just back and forth, back and forth. It was really close, um, and I loved it. And I believe I can't, was it tied. It was tied at halftime. I'm trying to remember if it was tied at halftime. Yeah, it was tied at halftime. And um, yeah, going into that third quarter, all of a sudden now you start to see Connecticut extend out their lead, and uh, they ended up beating the Dallas Wings. By let me do some quick math. <laughs> it shouldn't have taken me this long to do the math, but thirty-nine to twenty-four over the second half is what Connecticut outscored the Dallas Wings. So, ended up being a really good, um, good series for Connecticut. You know, they had uh, they they kind of got absolutely throttled in that second game, but sometimes when you have a little bit of competition like that, it kind of gets you more into that playoff mode. And it will be interesting to see how these teams respond uh, coming into a series. You know, the Connecticut-Chicago Sky will respond coming into a series against each other as opposed to teams like Las Vegas who basically went through their first round without, you know, it, almost almost without breaking a sweat. So there's the Connecticut-Dallas series wrapping things up with the series that have just been played are uh, the Seattle Storm and Washington Mystics, that that close 4-5 matchup. Now, with a few exceptions, Seattle has played very, very well at the end of the season. This is a team that uh, added Tina Charles and really looks looks pretty solid in a lot of different 
uh, aspects of, of how they're playing. Now, that being said, some of their big losses toward the last part of the season were against playoff teams. They lost a couple times to Las Vegas. They had a loss against the Mystics and against the Sun. Um, so this was this was a team that, yeah, they were beating the teams that they should, um, but they they were kind of struggling against some playoff teams with the, with the exception of a win against Chicago late in the season, Seattle really struggled against other playoff teams. So I wasn't sure what to make of this series because Washington has looked like the best team in the, in the league at times and other times just really seems to fall apart. So this was an intriguing matchup for me. I, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Uh, I could have gone either way on this series. However, Seattle knew exactly how this was going to go. They did not waste any time putting uh, putting Washington straight out of the playoffs. Um, game one was pretty close. Ended up with a uh, Seattle victory, 86-83. So a pretty close game there. Um, Deladon had a really solid game uh, with 26 points. Uh, Brianna Stewart with 23, um, just a good, good overall, you know, performance from everybody ended up being a pretty close game. Um, and Seattle was actually trailing by one as they headed into the fourth quarter. And then, um, they ended up, uh, yeah, they, they ended up winning by three. So solid game, lots of fun to watch, but then, Game two was, in my opinion, even though it wasn't quite as close, it was really, really entertaining. It was super, super fun to to watch and, and to check out. Um, Stewie had 21 and 10, uh, was just only two assists away from a, a triple-double. Um, and then Sue Bird ended up coming out and had a season high with 18 points and 10 assists uh, herself to really kind of pace Seattle there. Um Jem had a pretty good game as well, had 19 points while uh you know while the storm came out and and took care of business against the Washington Mystics. Um now this ended up being a a pretty close game throughout the first half, you know, there seemed like these two teams were kind of exchanging blows, but uh really that third quarter is what made the difference for the Seattle Storm. Uh the ended up uh, outscoring the Mystics by eight points that quarter and kind of gave themselves a little bit of a cushion. Um, the Storm came back, and uh, Atkins, actually, Ariel Atkins, I, I always got to find a way to plug Ariel Atkins. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know that uh, Kyle's going to come up with an Ariel Atkins plug at any given moment. But Atkins hit a three that, like, cut the game to one. And it was like, ooh, here we go. Like, this is, this is really solid. Um, you know, that was, that was early on in the, uh, in the third quarter, but basically after that, uh, yeah, it just, it was all Seattle moving forward from that point on. Um, yeah, uh, Sue Bird had, had some pretty, uh, highlight real type of plays as the game went on, uh, especially right at the end of the game, um, basically to you know, put the the nail in the coffin of the Washington Mystic season. Um, less than a minute to go. Sue's dribbling the ball out uh, right on the logo, 
And uh, Shakira Austin comes out to guard her. She does a quick pump fake. Austin blows right past her. Sue dribbles up and drains a three, uh, which kind of, you know, at this point, I think Seattle was up 10. And so it, the game was somewhat out of reach, even with, you know, a minute to go. But this was, you know, at, at that point, you go up 13. There's 40 seconds left. It was it was all over from there. But it was it was a fun play to watch. And it was kind of that exclamation point at the end of this series um, that allowed Seattle to move forward and and hopefully uh, have a, a a really solid performance against the Aces. Now, let's talk. I, I just want to talk projections really quick for these. Now, it would be really interesting how in how not interesting the seeds could go with the teams as they currently sit. Um, I, I probably stated that horribly, but basically if all four f- top seeds advance to the semis and then the one and two seed advance to the finals, uh, it's almost like kind of picturesque that this would happen on a year that they changed the playoff format to not heavily favor the one and two seeds in previous seasons. Uh, if this is your first season with the WNBA in previous seasons, the one and two seed got a two round bye and didn't have to play until the semifinals. Um, the third and fourth seed played in the quarterfinals and Everybody else, the five through eight seed, ended up having just a one game elimination to advance to play the three to four seed. And even then, the one and two seed have an advantage, uh, especially the one seed, because each progressive round there would be reseeding. So let's say the, the number seven team advances to the semifinals. Well, the number one seed is guaranteed to get them, even if it's not, uh, it wasn't necessarily like, like a bracket setup. It's the number one team would be guaranteed to play the lowest seeded team and they would reseed. So huge advantages for number one and number two. However, last year that was not the case. We saw a five seed and a six seed advancing into the finals. Um, so that's, you know, that's what we saw last year. And the, the, here we move into a more true bracket playoffs type structure with um, series starting with the first round. And if we go absolutely chalk and it, you know, it's the top four seeds advance and then the top two seeds advance, that would be just, that would be kind of interesting to me. I just, I would, I would find that intriguing that we change the playoff format and that's what happens. So Las Vegas and Seattle, as we preview this series, uh, it needs to be uh, noted. I'm sure a lot of you are curious and maybe have already looked up what these two teams have done as they played against each other. Um, earlier in the season. And I'll let you know right now that Las Vegas seems to handle the storm very well. I've seen it with my own eyes in person. And the the Aces own a 3-1 and one record against the storm uh, through the 2022 season. And most of those are, uh, are, are pretty convincing wins, including the last two games that these two teams uh, matched up on were uh, Sue Bird's last home game, last home regular season game, which my wife and I were in attendance for, as well as Sue Bird's last regular season game ever, and that was in Las Vegas, and both of those ended up with a Las Vegas uh, win. So 
Vegas knows that they can handle Seattle. They know that that they can do it. It's it's going to be a um, they're going to be favored in this, and I think they are the favorite. In fact, I I kind of feel like they've probably been the best team all season. Chicago's the defending champs, and Chicago was kind of had had that number one seed for a while, um, through especially through the back half of the season. But in my opinion, I do think that Las Vegas is the scariest team. Um, but they do rely heavily on their starters. If this goes to a, a five-game series, if there are if there are fatigue issues or you know just little banged up, bruised, you know, like I'm not obviously if there's a season-ending injury to anyone from any of these teams, that's going to have a, a huge you know swing in favor of the other team. But with Las Vegas, just the little bumps and bruises that occur through the intensity of playoff basketball could pile up through either this series with the storm or if they do advance to the finals, you know, uh, potentially playing the sky and or the sun. So that's where I do have a slight hesitation for the aces is that they aren't necessarily a super deep team. They don't go deep into their bench. Their starters and, you know, initial bench players play essentially all of the minutes. They don't go deep into the bench and that can, you know, they've already had a couple playoff games and, you know, coming into this, this this could be a little bit rough. Other than that, I think Las Vegas owns the court against Seattle. My prediction would be that this is going to be a three games to one series, pretty similar to what we've already seen between these two teams. I think we go to game four and Las Vegas locks this up in Seattle um, in that game four matchup. There's my prediction. And, uh, and I think Las Vegas is going to go ahead and advance to the uh, to the the WNBA Finals for this season, just based on what I've seen and as these teams have matched up uh, previously. Now, if you thought Las Vegas and Seattle had a little bit of a lopsided regular season, um, it it's it's more lopsided when you get to the Chicago Sky and Connecticut Sun, the two three matchup here. Now, it should be mentioned before I say anything. Connecticut is a team that can beat anybody at any time, on any day, on any court. They just have the talent. Chicago has beaten them four times this season. And convincingly, uh, Chicago has pretty much had Connecticut's number. So I really do feel like this is a little bit of a, a nightmare matchup for Connecticut coming into the semifinals. Now, that's not to say the Connecticut's out of this. You know, the, in in playoffs, there's there's always things that happen. You know, if they can steal a game in Chicago of these first two games, they could lock it up at home through game three and four. So Connecticut really, really could uh, shock some people. However, most people, as you watch these two teams play against each other throughout the season you're going to look at Connecticut and say, like, yeah, you got a pretty uphill climb against the Chicago Sky. However, what we do need to also remember is that Chicago and Connecticut both showed some weaknesses against much lesser teams in their three-game series earlier on. I just broke down the Chicago Sky and their series with the Liberty and everything that went on there, and Connecticut obviously got absolutely ran out the building by Dallas. So... 
both of these teams have shown some weakness. Honestly, like momentum could play a huge part in any individual game or even this series as a whole. Um, just simply based on what I've seen with my own eyes watching a lot of WNBA basketball throughout this season, I've seen these two teams play four times. I've watched every single one of the four games between these two teams. And I have a really, really difficult time picking against Chicago. So as boring as it may seem for you to say, oh, Kyle, you're just picking the one in the two seed. It's not just because I'm picking the better seed. Uh, Head-to-head matchups that I've watched on television between the sky and the sun uh, indicate to me that Chicago pretty much has Connecticut's number. They know what to do. And, uh, and I think James Wade and the Chicago Sky are going to go ahead and advance to the WNBA Finals. So there's my predictions. I would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, Storm fans and Sun fans, feel free to get at me at Haywood underscore Kyle on Twitter. You can send me uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever uh, counter arguments that you've got to, uh, to send to me. I would love to hear those. Thank you for for tuning in. I'm going to keep this episode pretty short. I don't want to run super long here solo because I think that uh, me talking by myself gets a little bit old after a little while. So I'm going to cut this off. Uh, But thank you all so much for tuning in. We have lots more playoff content coming. Um, We will be covering these uh, series as they progress. And then, of course, as the finals start, we will be covering and putting out episodes after each and every one of those finals games. So don't worry, we've got tons of content coming up. It's the best time of the year. It's the playoffs, baby. We're in the semis. We're, we're running our way up to WNBA finals time. And this is just, uh, you can just feel the energy surrounding the league right now. And we love it. So thank you on behalf of all of us here at WNBA Nation. My name is Kyle Haywood, and we got you next time.